Good morning. Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of Pittsford. We're delighted to have you here for worship. Old friends and new, please pick up the friendship pad and pass it to everyone in your pew. Uh, please sign your name so we are aware of your presence and we can call and greet one another by name at the conclusion of worship. If you wish to talk to the Stephen Minister confidentially in the, uh, in the narthex, Stephen Minister on duty is Alice O'Dwyer. Got that name correctly. Sweet. And is available in the narthex wearing a special name tag. And, uh, take a look in the bulletin for details of upcoming events and additional announcements. And uh, do we have any announcements? All right, and uh, please join us for refreshments in the fellowship hall at the end of worship. We will begin our service with the prelude. Our call to worship today is responsive. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. Honor and majesty are before him. 
Strength and joy are in his place. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Join me in prayer, friends. God of wisdom, you created us with more potential than we dare to imagine, with potential to become mature in faith and potential to grow in the ability to use implanted talents with confidence, effectiveness, and joy. We acknowledge our unearned gifts and the undeveloped talents among us. Surely they are waiting to be named, cultivated, tended, and harvested as offerings within the church community and in Christ to the world. Teach us to value anew what we have been given to recommit ourselves to the fulfillment of your intention for us and expressing our gratefulness in worship this morning. Amen. But sometimes what we think and the way we act do not give an indication of our gratitude. And so we bring these printed words as our prayer of confession to share together. Almighty God, in love you spread good gifts before us, more than we need or deserve. You feed, heal, teach, and save us. We confess that we tend to be unsatisfied and seemingly desire more. We admit that we are tempted not to share as freely as you give. We resent what we lack and are jealous of neighbors. We complain about what you intend for joy, 
We fill our lives with such hectic schedules that we miss sunrises and sunsets, warm summer rains, and autumn colors. In mercy, forgive us and help us to take pleasure in your goodness. Forgive us for behaving in a way that indicates our habitual discontent and lack of being grateful. We ask. Amen. God's unconditional love and forgiveness is offered to all. This grace is poured out for all who sincerely repent of sin and desire to grow into the fullness of their potential in Christ Jesus. As the word of God tells us, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. Amen. Most people know the book of 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians in the New Testament. This reading is from 1 Chronicles, which is really in the Old Testament. And it's one of the history books of the Old Testament. But it contains a psalm of David, which we will read today. They brought in the ark of God and set it inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And they offered burnt offerings and offerings of well-being before God. When David had finished offering the burnt offerings and the offerings of well-being, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord, and he distributed to every person in Israel, man and woman alike, to each a loaf of bread, a portion of meat, and a cake of raisins. He appointed certain of the Levites as ministers before the ark of the Lord to invoke, to thank, and to praise the Lord, the God of Israel. Then on that day, David first appointed the singing of praises to the Lord by Asaph and his kindred. O give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all of his wonderful works. Glory in his name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength, seek his presence continually. Remember the wonderful works he has done his miracles, and the judgment he uttered. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among people. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be revered above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honesty and majesty are before him, Strength and joy are in his place. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord glory do his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in holy splendor. Say also, 
O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Say also, save us, O God of our salvation, gather and rescue us from among the nations, that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting, and all the people said, Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, I'm going to invite children to join me up on the stairs here. I need to have someone who has been learning how to read. You know how to read? Okay. We don't have to read this whole article from the newspaper. We just have to read the headlines. This was in the Tuesday, September 20 edition of the Democrat and Chronicle. So, would you read in a loud voice what it says for the headline? Gratitude. Six, tip, six tips to help teach kids gratitude. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting article. Six tips. Any idea what any of those tips might be? This article was written for parents. And the idea is these are ways in which parents can teach gratitude to their children. So what might be one of the ways in which this article was telling parents what they should do. Any idea? What's that? Stop bossing you around. That is not one of the tips. <laughs> that is not one of these. I didn't see that one in the article. Uh, but you would be filled with more gratitude yourself if that were to occur. Do I understand you? Yeah. So what other suggestion might they make? Shall, I will give you a hint at one. One of the things they say is it would be helpful if parents were to say a prayer of thanksgiving before the family eats their meal. Any of you do that? Do you, you do that at your house? Yeah, that's it. it teaches gratitude for all when parents offer a prayer of thanksgiving before they eat a meal. So I think that's a good tip, don't you? That's a good tip. Um, one of the things that they say is you should weed out, take things that you're not using and you don't need anymore. Now, they didn't say to bring them to the penny pincher sale, but that could be implied here that if there's something that you used to play with but you don't play with anymore, you could give it away, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's what they say, that it helps teach gratitude. I'm grateful that I had this to play with, but I don't need it now. But maybe someone else could use it. So that's one of the parental tips. Now, I jotted down another one. Donating your time. Oh, how do you do that? I remember we wanted to do that with our two children, and we didn't know what to do. So, 
We heard that there was a truck driving around the city that would give people who were homeless dinner. And so we drove the truck, our whole family did, and we gave dinner to people who were homeless on the street. And that was a donating, really, of our time, right? Well, there are some other tips, but I thought that those were good starting tips for how to teach gratitude. And if your parents haven't heard this, I suggest you tell them about the tips you heard today, because that would be good. Let's pray about this. Lord God, we are thankful that we have a church in which to gather, that it's a beautiful fall day here in Rochester, and that you have given us this day to enjoy. Bless us, Lord, that we might bless others and be grateful. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you have a great time in Sunday school. Thanks for coming up. You do. As Paul writes to the church in Thessalonica, he continues this trend of being grateful. I invite you to hear God's word to each one of us. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers and sisters, you do not need to have anything written to you, for you yourselves know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. When they say, there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and there will be no escape. But you, beloved, are not in darkness for that day to surprise you like a thief, for you are all children of light and children of the day. We are not of the night or darkness. So then let us not fall asleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who drink, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober and put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. 
For God has destined us not for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build up one another, as indeed you are doing. But we appeal to you, brothers and sisters, to respect those who labor among you and have charge of you in the Lord and admonish you. Esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, beloved, to admonish the idlers, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, and be patient with all of them. See that none of you repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good for for one another and to all. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise the words of prophets, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every evil. May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and God will do this. Beloved, pray for us. Greet all the brothers and sisters with a holy kiss. I solemnly command you by the Lord that this letter be read to all of them. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All of life is filled with wonder. So we thank you, God of love, for the crash of evening thunder, clearing clouds, then stars above, for the night that turns to glowing as we feel the morning mist. God, we praise and thank you, knowing every day we're blessed. For the ways we're blessed with plenty, love and laughter, neighbors, friends, nature's wonders, season's bounty, life in you that never ends. For the ones who've gone before us, giving witness to your way, we rejoice in all you give us every moment, every day. Luke 14. He said also to the one who invited him, When you give a lunch for dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors in case they will invite you in return and would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor and the crippled, the lame and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. One of the dinner guests, on hearing this, said to him, Blessed is anyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then Jesus said, 
Someone gave a great dinner and invited many. At the time for the dinner, he sent his slave to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is ready now. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I bought a piece of land. I must go out and see it. Please accept my regrets. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm going to try them out. Please accept my regrets. Another said, I've just been married, therefore I cannot come. So the slave returned and reported this to his master. And the owner of the house became angry. He said to his slave, go out at once into the streets and lanes of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And the slave said, sir, what you have ordered has been done. There's still room. And the master said to the slave, go out into the roads and lanes and compel people to come in so that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those who were invited will taste my dinner. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. For your love in times of trouble, for your peace when things are tough, for your help when hardships double. For your grace, that is enough. For a stranger's gentle kindness, for a doctor's healing skill. God, we thank you that you bless us, and you bless your world as well. For your presence in our neighbors, for your love that claims and frees, for our talents and our labors, for our faith community, for your daily great surprises, Poor ones lifted, lost ones found. God, we thank you. Hope still rises as your gifts of grace abound.
That was kind of fun. I like that. There we were, walking through Walmart near the home decorating department, and a sign caught my eye. It even caught my attention more <coughs> when I flipped it over and saw it was $39.95 for the manufactured sales retail price, but it was marked down to $4.95. So I thought this would be a good purchase, and I need to think about it a little. And with the purchase of this sign, our fall journey here at First Presbyterian Church Pittsburgh begins. Each Sunday over the next six weeks, we'll be looking at one line from this sign. Be grateful. Work hard. Believe in yourself. Enjoy life. Keep your promises. Give freely. And to this we will add a seventh line, love generously. Now I have to admit up front that with so many popular cliches, we need to sometimes challenge what society believes is truth. So when we get to that week which says, believe in yourself, it occurred to me that many of us here would agree with most historians who argue whether or not Napoleon was an enlightened despot who laid the foundations of modern Europe or a megalomaniac who wrought greater misery than any man prior to the arrival of Adolf Hitler. Some think that despite military luck, Napoleon Bonaparte was crazy. But you cannot say he did not believe in himself. When people say we need to believe in ourselves, they are referencing a desire for courage. However, do we need to believe in something larger than ourselves if we're to love generously? Well, that's a question for another week. This Sunday, we consider the recommendation that we be grateful. Those of you who've been a part of a mission team from First Presbyterian Church, whether you're a teenager or an adult, have usually returned to Pittsburgh with a profound sense of gratitude for the blessings we habitually take for granted. The sheer joy of those who have little or nothing has made us question our expectations about what we believe will make us happy. The settings for most of our mission work contrast our abundance And there's a gulf that sits between what we have come to do and use day by day in our day-to-day existence and the way in which many other people live. We come home to flush toilets and running water and small possessions that we own. We see paved roads firm mattresses, freedom, 
and we are humbled in gratitude. Now, before I sit these three passages this morning, there's one from First Chronicles that gives us some details about the return of the Ark of the Covenant from the Philistines. There is this verse from Thessalonians to give thanks in all circumstances. And there is the story from Jesus that Luke recorded about the man who threw a great party and all of the excuses that people gave because they had more important things to do than go to the party that was being thrown. So I thought, well, we can dwell on two of these, but the parable that Jesus told about the man who threw a party kind of stands pretty well on its own. After becoming king of Israel, David was enormously triumphant in battle. Then in the glow of his success, he built houses for himself in Jerusalem, and he called all of the people together and told them of his intention to bring the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of God, there. He was going to be transforming the city of Jerusalem into the political capital as well as the spiritual or worship capital of Israel. Now, the Ark of the Covenant contained the tablets of the law, the Ten Commandments and other laws of God. It had been carried around in this wooden box from place to place during the days of the Hebrews meandering in Sinai. On top of this wooden box was an empty chair, The chair symbolized the presence of God who could not be created in any human-like image. God was a spirit. God traveled where God would want to go. It was so holy that the Ark of the Covenant was considered almost tantamount to the presence of God himself. At one point, the Philistines captured the Ark of the Covenant. This was humiliating to the Israelites. The text here kind of implies that David and his army had recaptured it. Well, not quite. According to the Bible, the Philistines were pleased that they had possession now of the Ark of the Covenant. They initially had the conviction that this would mean that they had captured as well the God of the Israelites. And they could now capture, uh, use that God against the Israelites, their own God. But the text tells us the Philistines, after having captured the ark, began to break out in tumors. Well, that's the way the Revised Standard Version reads. And once when I was sharing this account with a group of Jewish rabbis... They were following along, some in English, some in their Hebrew text. And they broke out in thunderous laughter. I was lost. I mean, what really is so funny about all these people breaking out in tumors? It sounds enormously painful. Then one of the rabbis clued me in. He says, Bruce, the translation you're reading from in English is really incomplete. The Hebrew word in this passage really means hemorrhoids. And these hemorrhoids were severe. No amount of preparation H could have eased their pain. 
So the Philistines actually wanted the Israelites to take the ark back. And you can then read about the ark's transportation to Jerusalem from the, to the house of Abinadab. It, that's a whole story in itself. And it remained there. But here was the great day. The ark was going to be taken from the house of Abinadab and brought to Jerusalem. Singers and musicians were employed to accompany the ark. And as it drew near to Jerusalem, David and his court joined the procession. So caught up in the excitement of it all was King David that he took off his robe and danced wildly around the ark with the others. It was done somewhat embarrassingly. According to the scripture here, David was either in his underwear or wearing something less. His wife, Michael, observed this scene from the window and she despised her husband for his exuberance. Already David had begun to praise God for his goodness. Michael detested the whole affair. David seemed to have one attitude, Michael the other. But as the ark was brought in and set inside the tent that was pitched for it, offerings were brought forth. The people who had gathered for the celebration were blessed by the king, and David distributed to every person alike, man or woman, a, a loaf of bread, a portion of meat or wine, and a cake of raisins. Now, I really do not know the significance of these items, but it sounds like a first century time of Jesus Thanksgiving dinner. David then prepared a psalm of thanksgiving on the occasion, a portion of which we read today. And all the people said, Amen. Now, we don't know the private factors behind the public rift between David and Michael. And to be fair, it is quite possible that David was not an easy husband with whom to live. But if we shut all of that out and simply freeze the picture we're given here, the singing of praise, the dancing, the rejoicing, the thanksgiving, the psalm, we wonder what she would have been thinking about as she ate her raisin cake. How did it taste? Would there have been any gratitude in her eating of that? See, I tend to think we are somewhat like Michael at this moment. We look on the world with unhappiness clouding our vision so that we do not like what we see. Our souls are embittered by bad experiences or by envy or spite. We forget God's presence in what we are seeing and we view instead the ugliness of scenes as they would be without God. And we focus on the deteriorating aspects of the urban landscape and complain about crime and traffic and smog and life just deteriorates into one complaint after another. We would be helped to express ourselves like David or like Paul in our Thessalonians text. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. 
From these passages, I think we have several secrets about what can transform our hearts to be more thankful. In order to be a thankful person, do not focus on the things you do not have. Focus on what you have. In the Peanuts comic strip, Lucy and Linus are having a profound theological discussion. Lucy says, Linus, I'm as low as I've ever been. Life is a drag. It's boring. It's dull. It's blah. Linus, Lucy's brother, tries to cheer up. He says, you know, Lucy, at times like this, you really should count your blessings. You should think of all the things you have for which you could be grateful. Ha, says Lucy. That's a good one. For what do I have to be grateful? I could count my blessings on one finger. What possibly do I have to be grateful for? Linus says rather shyly, Well, for one thing, Lucy, you have a little brother who loves you. And uncharacteristically, Lucy is touched by this and begins to cry. It is the only peanut strip in which I have ever seen Lucy cry. And the last scene of the strip, Linus says to the camera, every now and then I say the right thing. (laughs) Kind of smugly he offers it. Do you focus on what you don't have or on what you do? Nadine Hammonds is from Memphis, Tennessee. At the age of 67, she received the Lifetime Achievement Award from the National Bible Society, primarily because she had memorized the entire New Testament. She didn't just memorize 1 Corinthians 13. She memorized Romans 5 and Revelations 21 and all of the hard stuff. At the award ceremony, somebody asked her, Nadine, we are so surprised to learn that you are blind. Are you resentful that you could never see? She said, oh my goodness, no. I mean, I do wish I could see a sunset. I would love to see the ocean. I would love to see stars. But I learned a long time ago, you don't focus on what you don't have. I'd love to see those things, but I don't focus on them. I think of what I do have. God gave to me a sharp mind and a very good memory. Nadine's brother is a portrait painter. And when he painted his sister's portrait for the occasion of this honor, he painted her with the most beautiful eyes, wide open, blue. Because he said, my sister sees more than most people ever see in a lifetime. Here is a secret. 
Do not focus on what you don't have. That goes contrary to everything we see on TV. It's wrong. Two, do not focus on your present circumstances. Instead, focus on the presence of Almighty God. Circumstantial focus is replaced by a clearer perception that God is present in the very midst of circumstances. This will be harder to do for people of very little faith or perception of God. It is one of the reasons why gratitude is in such short supply today. If you've been reading the paper this week, you've seen the statistics of how large a growing group of unbelievers, people attached to no faith community of any kind, there are in this country. And that is especially true of young adults. And because of that, they would find it difficult to focus on the presence of Almighty God and with that becomes difficulty in experiencing gratitude. Clarence was a relatively poor man. He had a large family, six children. Money was scarce. When the children were small, he needed shoes, but he needed a washing machine worse. The old washing machine had finally coughed its last breath. So he saw an ad in Craigslist. Second-hand washing machine. He wanted to look at it, so he copied down the phone number on the Craigslist advertisement and made a call. They set an appointed time, and he drove to the neighborhood. It's very well-to-do, manicured lawns, street lamps, And the further into the neighborhood Clarence went, the more envious he became until the envy gave into downright frustration and envy and anger. By the time he rang the doorbell, he was in a boil. Why did some people have so much? Charlotte answered the door. She said, you can have it for $5. And she invited Clarence inside. Well, the price was really good, and Clarence began to simmer down when he heard this. It was reduced from the price on Craigslist. And he found himself confessing to this family the hard time about his own. He was having trouble with his three kids. They had worn-out shoes, too much rope-skipping Breaking on the tricycle, uh, done a number on the shoes. He kind of strained to scrutinize past the entrance hall. And Clarence tried to affirm Charlotte. He said, you must be very happy. And Charlotte left the room. Clarence was stunned. He apologized to George. He said, I'm sorry, I I didn't mean to offend your wife. He said, well, you didn't offend her. 
We have one child, our daughter. She's never been able to walk. Clarence concluded the arrangements for the washing machine. He went home. He entered his bedroom and closed the door. And he got down on his knees and asked God to forgive him for fretting so much about life's inconvenience. He tiptoed into the bedroom where his three children were sleeping. And he picked up their worn out shoes. And he thanked God that they were so worn. We focus too much on the circumstances in our life and fail to see the presence of God. It is a secret. If you want to have a thankful heart, don't just focus on present circumstance. Let me give you another secret. If you want to be a person with a soft heart of gratitude rather than a heart of stone, focus on how you can serve other people, not on what they should do to serve you. Now, the word in the Greek language for servant is spelled T-H-E-R-A-P-O-N. It is from the Greek word for servant. Therapon. It's the word from which we get therapy. The best therapy is helping someone else rather than thinking, why didn't somebody help me? Why didn't I get that thank you note? Why didn't I get some word of encouragement or appreciation or recognition? Instead, Helping others with their needs will help you with yours. Paul Byer was working on his farm in Lancaster a long time ago when he was stopped by Pop Swikert. Pop said to him, Paul, for nine years I've been taking food from Lancaster County to Little Mission, New York City. I'm getting too old to make the trip. You're 31. You're strong. Could you make the trip for me this year? Well, now Paul has made this trip for 38, 39 years, delivering food donated from the farms of Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, to a mission in New York City. He packs the truck, he drives it, and he unloads it. A reporter for the New York Times once said to Paul Beyer, Paul, this is a miracle. For 38 years, you've driven all this food to New York. And Paul said, that is not a miracle. The miracle is that for 38 years I've driven all this food to New York City and never once gotten a traffic ticket. That is the miracle. <laughs> Why do you do this? I mean, you've got another job, you've got family, you've got responsibilities. Why did you do it? Paul gave a one-word reply. Gratitude. If you focus on the whys and why nots of your present circumstances, you're in serious danger of missing out on life. 
You can become so full of resentment and bitterness that you will miss the things God gives. We are eager to be redeemed and saved by God through Jesus Christ, but how many of us are eager to embrace his lordship and become disciples? We want the blessings, but aren't quite as eager to do the blessing. There is a recognition that discipleship will mean discipline, solitude, worship, spiritual disciplines of confession, submission, simplicity, service, and gratitude. Richard J. Foster, author of Celebration of Discipline, suggests that if we even consider the outward expression of simplicity from among these disciplines, we would find our lives of gratitude changed. He makes some suggestions. I thought they were very helpful for me. Buy things for their usefulness rather than their status. Buy them for their utility rather than their prestige. You don't have to wear somebody's label. It's okay, but Reject those things which produce unhealthy addictions. I mean, you want to be a slave to something? Really? Develop a habit of giving things away. We usually have much that needs to be sorted, stored, dusted, and restored. Refuse to be propagandized by the custodians of modern gadgetry. You do not necessarily have to have the latest iPhone. Do you? Many time-saving devices save little time. Beware of these words. It will pay for itself in six months. Most gadgets are built so that they will break down and wear out, and some of them complicate our lives rather than enhance them. Learn to enjoy what you don't own. A blue sky. The library. Walk along the canal. Develop an appreciation for creation. Marvel at the texture of the grass, the colors of the rainbow, and reject things that will breed oppression on others. Focus on what you don't have? No, don't do that. Don't focus on what you don't have. Focus on the presence of Jesus, not on present circumstances, no matter how bad they may be. Focus on how you can serve other people, not how they can serve you. And then maybe you will be able to lay claim to that wonderful word, a wonderful word for 
Paul Beyer. Gratitude. In gratitude for the word faithfully preached, let us offer to God our first fruits and dedicate them using even this printed prayer. O God, these gifts we offer never really ours. You are the giver of good gifts, our talents, our treasures, our very lives. Accept these offerings and our lives as testimonies of our love for you and our desire to serve you. In our giving, we make a declaration. Our lives are in your hands. We affirm our intention to be bold in our discipleship, daring to be children of light, ministering in your name to the poor and broken of this world. In the name of Jesus, the light of the world, we pray it. Amen. Please be seated, friends. Clara, I want to start off by being grateful and thanking you for dedicating these beautiful flowers that we find in the sanctuary for Van and for all the love that he inspired, knowing that this comes from your entire family. We also are very grateful for birthdays that have happened this week. So, Dick Burton, congratulations on your 80th last week and all the celebrations that have come around that. And we're also thankful that Marge Converse is celebrating her birthday today. We give thanks and praise that healing has been taking place. Many of you might remember Pierce and Sally Day. Sally, of course, is in heaven, and Pierce 
is now with his family in the Carolinas. The, the daughters, Peggy and Sarah, were able to take him down to their homes. And last week we had a bit of a, a health scare for Pierce. But the gratitude is such that he has pulled through that and he is now back living in his daughter's home and we're very grateful for that. And he wanted to be remembered to you all because he considers you still his very close church family. We're also thankful for Penny Pincher that's coming up and if you want to set up after worship service and help with that, that would be grand. And we're thankful for the many ways that we as a community of faith can celebrate anniversaries. So Dave and Lori Hill are celebrating their sixth wedding anniversary today, and they give thanks and praise for this congregation that supports them and their love. We are mourning the loss of Vince Ward, who is Vince Harper's uncle. He passed away this past week. And Vince Harper had been Vince Ward's caregiver in his last weeks, months. Uh, Vince Harper was named for his uncle, Vince Ward, a very, very close relationship. We give thanks and praise that God has received Vince Ward into the kingdom. And we join with the Mooney family in praying for the Molinick family who lost their mother, grandmother, and her funerals in Syracuse today. Friends, please join me in prayer. God, you are the source of our being and the guarantor of our growth for all that you have done for us. We are grateful. We give you thanks for all those who surround us. We give you thanks for those moments when we are made aware of your kindness. We give thanks for Christ Jesus, whose spirit abides with us constantly. Whenever we might be alone, we don't have to be lonely. You are there. We find many reasons to praise you, and we join with others who celebrate birthdays and anniversaries. But we also join in praying for people who suffer and sorrow. For them and for their families, we ask your healing peace. And we pray for our world, so that our world as a whole and the individuals therein might be grateful for what they have and focus on healing. God of grace, uplift those among us who seek your face and hear us when we pray as our Savior taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Our charge is responsive and biblical text. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, and with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. Go in peace. May the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, And the blessing of the Holy Spirit go with us and abide with us all today and in the life everlasting. Amen.